0: Hi, everyone. You are tuned in to the That Christian Next Talk podcast. My name is Samuel Abassi, host of the podcast, and I am joined by recurring podcast contributor Carlos Ebube Akbe and the first timer to the podcast, Mr. Femi Emmanuel. In this second episode of our current series, Family Matters, we all reflect on my discussion with Mr. Wiley Agmebi in episode one, and then we delve deeper into some of the themes in the Prodigal Son story, such as communication perspective, self-interest, and interpersonal relationships. We hope this is a blessing to you. In this series, we are talking about family matters, and uh, I know for some it might seem like a vague title, but really what I'm referring to is the issues that affect us as Christians, as a Christian family, in our relationships between ourselves and with God both individually and collectively but also i'm speaking on the issues that affect us as a human family in our relationship to god given what we know of god's desire for a people and the steps he has taken to bring us to him so so what teams stood out to you from the
1: episode let's start with femi thanks sam i I think from my own view theme so far would be more of god's desire and to have a relationship in form of communication right when when we look at the scripture the scripture in many places will say come unto me you know that's jesus talking in matthew in the gospel of matthew he talks about those that are heavy laden and those that are weak those that are burdened come unto me when we we'll, we'll go back even to the Old Testament. We we'll look at Genesis and we, we, we look at it from the beginning. And when Adam and Eve were in the garden, after they had eaten, eaten the apple, um, they, they said, or the scripture makes us to understand that they heard, they heard a full step of God walking in the garden and they hid themselves. So which meant from the beginning, the desire of God wasn't for a distant relationship with anybody, with those that he has created. And what God desires is a family or people that come together, that have conversations. So when God came to have conversation and he was looking for Adam, Adam went off hiding himself why? Obviously, because at that point they're eating the apple or the, the the fruit from the tree. So the, the line of communication w- was distorted at that point in time. It's almost like you you have a, a, a headphone um, plugged into your audio device right now. And per adventure, if you have a control in there and you have it on mute, it's either when you're speaking, I won't be able to hear you, but you might be able to hear me likewise that's what sin does in terms of it interferes with our communication and i think that that was one of the things that sort of stood out to me that perhaps when we look at the story of the prodigal son the communication was lacking in terms of like they 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 know their inheritance but the first son came can i have the man who, who was the father in this case could have communicated better could have I had a discussion with the son that this that you're desiring could lead to whatever it is but we didn't see that it just reminds me of the story of eli as well you know when his sons were going about causing avok taking sacrifices that belonged to god and when god accused them the what god said was you didn't correct your children or you didn't you just allow them to to go about and do things and I think that was one thing that sort of stood out to me in terms of a relationship between a father and their children or a father and a son that as much as a, a child or a son might want something doesn't necessarily mean what they want is right for them doesn't necessarily mean at that point in time they're qualified for it so um, I think that that was one thing that sort of has been a continuous theme in my own mind, and um, since looking at that, so if if you want to jump in there, Sam.
0: Yeah, um, I, I agree with you, and I think definitely communication is a big you know, or the lack of. Okay. And actually, I think you could actually see it both ways. There was strong communication, as in the son went to the father and said, "Look, you know, I want this," but then it wasn't reciprocated back. I you can have it certainly, but I wonder is it the right time to have it. You know, so it, there's actually in that story two examples of good and bad. What are your thoughts, uh, Ebube?
2: Yeah, um, there's lots of themes we can focus on in the in the story of the prodigal son. The father in that story is not God, and I think many people, when reading the story of the prodigal son, immediately they they try and see try and find God in the. In the Father, and and it is possible because you know when we see the forgiveness side of the Father and how He accepts the Son back, I think that's where we truly see God personified, love and forgiveness. You know, He's the one that leaves the ninety-nine to chase after the one. So I think we we see characteristics of God in the Father. But then you know the, the question of we're just speaking about this now is why why did the Father allow the Son to just go like that? And I think with Mr. Wally, we spoke about you and him spoke about this and the fact of free will. And I want to just um, touch on that a bit, because I think that's also important in this series on family matters. And just to reiterate the point that just like Adam and Eve, as you mentioned, Femi, God has given each and every one of us free will. So can we and, and this is this is the point where I'm, I'm getting a bit confused if God gives us free will means we can make the choice for ourselves so then why do we judge the father but at the same time now this is where the contradiction comes in god knows what's best for us so if he knows what's best for us how do we separate as christians do we do we really have free will and at certain points in time isn't god supposed to deprive us of such things because if we're chasing our purpose in life right our will is always going to counteract god's will it can't it can't work together so how do we come to terms with, okay, is it my will I'm supposed to chase after or is God not supposed to correct my will? I don't know if this is kind of making sense to you.
0: Um, yeah, I, I get you. And and I think that is also a theme there. Like There is definitely free will being allowed to just run rampant. But the fact of it is free will it, it is based on the premise that you will choose to do good, right? free will doesn't is, is not i guess license for you to do bad you know free will is yeah okay you can choose good or bad but also it's like you know choose good i think there is um there's a scripture that goes behold i set before you uh life and death life and death and mm-hmm. then god says choose life you know so uh, that's that's actually what i would say about that now something you said piqued my interest um You said God is the God that would leave the 99 to go after the one. And I thought that was an interesting way to put it. Uh, Not even the way to, it is what is said in the Bible. But leaving the 99 to go after the one suggests somehow that the one is more important. But I, I believe that actually the 99 are just as important, but they're safe and they're secure. And it's on that basis that the one is being gone to be looked after because otherwise you go get the one and you come back and two have left, you know? So I, I, I like that point. And, uh, I, I just think it's interesting that it, it's said in that way and people might visualize it in that way or that the 99 are left and got to go after the one. Um, but the fact of it is that the 99 are secure and the one is the one who's somehow gone loose and we're going to, To get them back okay well uh, one of the things then that i saw and i i listened to this a couple of times he mentioned a few things youth camp and and i love that because the idea behind that is this is a meeting of family you know this is a meeting of christians this is a meeting of of a body coming together to gain from each other to relate together and all that kind of stuff and i thought that was nice I think that is a template for what we should be doing as, you know, just Christians, as human beings. We should be meeting together, talking. Um, He mentioned the story of Elijah and 7000 more people who were yeah, Christians. Interesting. And Elijah didn't know that. And I think there's an aspect of that where, you know, we should actually consider that as alone as we feel, you know, maybe, you know, there's people out there, but we will only know them if we speak if we have meetings like youth camp or or other such things and then he mentioned also this idea of the kingdom view i thought that was interesting about god establishing his kingdom and that we need to not only focus on ourselves but also you know say lord i want your kingdom to come to pass um so that was some things that stood out to me what about you Femi? you want to say something
1: yeah, I think while we were talking there about free will, and then you went on to the, the the other topic. I think the other thing that sort of stood out to me was the the case of repentance. You know, um, but before talking about repentance, he, he mentioned something and he referred to. Um, I think it was Psalm one forty nine that talks about the the inheritance of of the saints, which comes about with um, judging, you know, yeah. <laughs> judging people. And I was like, hey, that's that's such a controversial um sort of statement. But when when he was able to establish it based on the fact that your judging is not to judge people that oh you're damned to hell, you're you're condemned, you're doing this, but rather The judging is more or less incorrection. And the judging is based on something. And what is that something? It is the scripture, which is the word of God, which is the inspiration, you know, of God. Um, I think that stands out and that's very important because a lot of us, we want to judge based on our own interpretation, based on our own understanding that, oh, this person is doing bad. That person is doing bad. But when we look at the Kingdom of this world, the, the the structure here on earth. Like there is a structure that has been established in terms of there is a manual that has been followed. The guards they have subsections and sections and whatnot that they have to follow to to make sure that the law is kept in the land that we live in. Likewise, when God created the earth and then thereafter was able to give us a scripture which is the standard for us to live in. And when we talk about judgment or trying to correct one another, we're correcting one another based off that um, scripture, as opposed to us going off um, on a tangent and, you know, correct in, in my own idea that something is bad, but what can I can I stand on the word of God to say, okay, this is the what God said about so 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 and so. And I think the, in the generation that we live in now we're so afraid, especially with Christians, um, in terms of speaking out and speaking against that which is against the truth. And when I say the truth, <laughs> the scripture says the word of God is the truth this word is meant to guide us as opposed to to be like an hammer on top of us That's you must you must you must and i think that's why a lot of people want to they withdraw from the christian race or the christian life because they see it as rules and regulation as opposed to seeing it in a positive light of this is being used to guide us and to live a right and if we refrain from it or not using it or applying it to our lives Paraventure there is a way that seems right in a man's eyes. Mm. But the end of it is destruction. Sure. So many a time we see a way that seems right in our eyes because we're looking mm. in through the eyes of our flesh in, in this fallen world. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and I guess you know it's fair to say that every family has its rules. You know, every family has the way that they go about life. And in the Christian family, in in God's family, let me put it that way. He has his ways of going about things. And it's, as Jesus said, thy will be done, Lord. All right. So align with that. And if you don't want to align with that, so be it. You have that free will, as Ibube mentioned, to do different. I actually like um, I, I, I like something that Femi mentioned there. This idea of it's the inheritance of the saints to execute God's judgment. Because I guess then speaking on the prodigal son, this idea of inheritance, you know, it's 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 something that we get as being members of God's family to be able to say, hold on, this is my family, this is the way we go about things, and it might rankle some people, but it, it it's it's our inheritance. It's it's just something that comes and. When you join that family and you truly are in that family, you also get that inheritance as well. What are you gonna say, yeah, hey, Um
2: yeah, yeah, I believe that's correct in terms of inheritance. And I just want to also touch on, you know, what Brother Wally said about, you know, service as well. I think that's a major theme um which we can identify in just this whole um, series on family matters. He mentioned something which was, you know, very striking about how the political son returns. And I think it's important we, we we see this. I think this is actually the climax of the story, the returning of the prodigal son, because we then begin to see another theme of perspective. Because, you know, his perspective initially was that it's my inheritance, it's my will. This way seems right to me, as Femi said. You know, this way looks good. This is what the separator does to us, is that it makes us think that we are better off without God, that we can do life better, we can do and this son like had no knowledge of investment of you know relationship because look at his friends like if he if he understood how to save maybe he would have been in a better condition if he had good friends maybe they could have helped him out at the end but he his choice was very bad and the bible says that he came to himself and then he was like you know what my father you know has servants who are better than I let me go back and serve and I think this is, is important because many of us do come back and we want to serve. We we come back and we want to take up a life of service. But here's the catch, guys. God wants us to return back to him. Yes, to serve. But it's important that we know the man in which we're serving. And I think Brother Wally did a very excellent job in speaking more about this. Because if we look at the prodigal son and we look at the brother, The brother was what? Serving. He even said, it, Father, I've served you for a long time. I've done this. I've done that. He was serving. But what was his problem? His problem was he didn't really understand his identity and means he didn't understand that he was a son. And I love talking about the issue of us becoming sons of God, of us understanding that, you know, we are engrafted into the family of Christ and we have, you know, rights as sons. But the, the, the other brother didn't understand this. He was serving. Now, here comes the prodigal son who comes back and he wants to do the same thing. But this time around, the father wants him to understand that you know you're a son. He says, get the robes, get the ring, because he's trying to establish the title of son. You can serve but you have to serve as a son. And I think this is important in our purpose in life and chasing after, you know, serving God, because this is what we're called to do. We're called to a life of service, to proclaim God's kingdom as his as ambassadors on earth, to make sure his name is being seen. Because, you know, think about it this way, guys, and I'm going to end on this note. You know, if King Charles who has been, you know, appointed as, you know, king now, he's reigning as the monarch. Um, can't make it to an event he sends the sons because the sons represent him he represents the crown the throne everything is bestowed to the son it's important that as this as the sons are going let's say they're going to nigeria or they're going to anywhere to represent the crown they understand that yes they are serving but they're not serving as servants no they're serving as sons and this is a key point we should, we should note as believers. Yes, when we return back to our father, we are coming back to serve him. But how are you coming back? To, are you coming back as a servant? No. Are you coming back as a friend? No, you are coming back as a son.
0: I I, I love the point you make because I, I think that's something that sin does to us. It, it messes with our identity. It messes with how we see ourselves. And it takes a little bit of time for us to kind of get back to where we need to be. So I like that. You made a lot of great points, Ibube. Um yeah, yeah. Um I'm I'm actually speechless I, now. I I I think I should be writing what I wanna say. I'll pass on to you, uh, <laughs> mean, what are you saying? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking there on the on the topic of identity, and I think it is such a key word um, in terms of you know, the scripture talks about data, know their God, will be strong, you know, and he and do exploits. You know, so it was just to finish the scripture. The, the, the knowing of who you are, like the the, the royal family that you mentioned, they, they know who they are where wherever they present themselves. You know, no one is gonna tell them otherwise. And he goes to show that once you know yourself as a as one who has been engrafted, one who has been redeemed, one who has been saved, one who all the prices has been paid for. I, I just use this. The analogy of the prodigal son and the brother that stayed, like he, the prodigal son, if only he had known what belonged to him. Like he was looking for the the change, he was looking for um, the the quick exit, and you know the 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 minute stuff. But if he had actually stayed in the kingdom, which was in the kingdom of the father, which was in in the estate of the father. There was much more because if we look at that scripture, the scripture said the father gave everything, right? He allocated everything that was allocated to him. He gave it to him. But as much as the father gave everything that belonged to him in court, the father still had much more in store for him. And likewise with all of us as children of God, as we will call ourselves, that God has a lot, lot more for us. In his kingdom. If only we would stay or be in his kingdom and serve in his mm. kingdom and seek mm. in his kingdom. You know, my, when Matthew 6 33 talks about seeking first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, every other thing it looks after. But rather, what we go about doing is we seek the other things before seeking god's kingdom so we seek the quick fix before seeking god's kingdom and i'll just run up on this the wonder state likewise we can liken it to ourselves as christian we might serve but we didn't serve with understanding of who we are we don't serve with understanding of what we have he says mm. the hurt the lord's and the fullness thereof. Likewise, us as Christians, the more we know ourselves, the more we're able to walk in exploits. The more we're able to walk in in that strength. And I'll just leave it there. Well, yeah. What do you think, Sam?
0: Yeah. Um, again, I'm just collecting my thoughts. So I've missed you, be Nice to have you. Um, <laughs> so you, you mentioned actually that thing about the the royal family, and if the the king couldn't go, he would send people to represent Him. And I've always had beef with this. So there's this scripture, I think of Psalms 127, it talks about children are our heritage unto God. And I've always had beef that people always use this for children's day service, you know, which is nice. And people also use it for naming ceremonies and all that, again, which is nice. But the fact of it is, that is actually a beautiful scripture where God is trying to tell us something. And I think towards the end of that psalm, it talks about how the children will follow the father to the gates and talk with the enemy, right? Mm. That's the the ambassador there. That's the father sending the sons to go do business. People don't see that, though. They just want to do the name and ceremony and get on with it. Anyways, whatever. And then you have this idea of the 99 versus 1. And I, I wanted to say it at the time, and I couldn't make the link, and then I remembered the fact of it is the father went after the one. When you see how the the, the story unfolds, the prodigal son story, the father went after the one. But the fact of it is the so-called 99, as in the older brother, the father had work to do there. That chap was not secure. That chap was insecure. And there was work for the father to do there. And it doesn't come across to me like he did that. And I feel like, it's absolutely admirable to do the 99 versus one. Yes, certainly. I think God is the best one to do that. But in our own selves as human beings, we, we need to manage our relationships very well. We, we know don't assume that. And it's a tendency to assume, well, oh, he's fine or she's fine. But, you know, do the work. Do the legwork. Right. Um, sometimes we do the 99 versus the one so that we look like God. But look, man, the 99, nine, you need to take care of them too. Yeah. Right. Also, something was said about communication. And this is something that we, we've spoken about now. And we, we've spoken about the importance of communicating and how that can be good and that can be bad. But also, one part that no one seems to see or talk about much is that when the younger brother comes to himself, he actually spoke to himself. Yeah. Right. He didn't just say oh yeah father he actually said this is what i'm gonna say right and then he went and did it and i think when we're talking about communication as christians as human beings there is a part where we talk to ourselves and say okay hold on sit down all right relax chill out let's think things through right the bible says let's reason together right you can reason things with yourself and uh, i i think that's actually important. Another thing just to add, as I said, my thoughts now have flown, you know, I've written them down. I don't know oh, why Sammy I got this. I, I don't know why I think I'm like, um, anyways, um, both were prodigal sons. Mm. You know, I, mm. I think, I think we're saying, we're putting it on the, the younger chap and saying, Oh yeah, the prodigal son. boats actually were. And the funny thing and I love how everybody says this, this idea of service as a son, not service as a servant, but service as a son. Because actually, when you serve as a servant, you expect expecting to be paid. When you serve as a son, you're doing it for the good of the family. You're doing it for the good of the kingdom. Right. So but the funny thing is, and this is for whoever wants to look at this later on, Deuteronomy 2117. It talks about how the older son has a double portion should have a double portion of the inheritance the older son so this chap was there getting annoyed getting mad getting angry oh so and so and so was done to me but the fact of it is he he didn't even have knowledge of what was his and a lack of knowledge that's a big team here a lack of knowledge and having knowledge that's a good team the 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 younger you know, son said okay look I, I can go back actually hold on there's servants who are better off than me. I can go back, right? But then there's also the lack of knowledge. It's in the law, Deuteronomy, written by Moses. The older son gets double. You know, read the word. Anyways, any thoughts? Anyway,
2: yeah, um, maybe maybe he knew that. Sam. Um, you say that the older son gets double portion. Maybe he knew that, and this is what um something brother Wale mentioned in that when the prodigal son actually approached the father and was like, "Give me my inheritance." This affects the whole inheritance because maybe – and I, I don't know how it played out in those days. But maybe because of him asking his own inheritance, it probably cut short the other son's inheritance. And this let, was... let, me, let me actually jump
0: in there. I yeah. wonder if the real issue is that, okay, you got your share. That's you done for life. But then this chap comes back again and gets more.
2: Mm. And
0: then it's like, hold on. Well, if you got your share, what
2: the more is coming out of mine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So maybe he did have knowledge <laughs> and he's maybe just he mad about everything, but it, um you know the the older son is is the prodigal son in in some way because and I I just I just pick on his age because the the Bible refers to him there's no names here there's no names mentioned. It's the prodigal son, the older son. And I believe, you know, if you look at the adjectives, what is the prodigal son? What does prodigal mean? we can yeah i, I don't want to talk about that but i want to focus on the elder son you know you are the elder you are supposed to be more wise you're supposed to be more loving and this is you know going back to family matters interpersonal relationships the elder son is supposed to guide the younger son supposed to bring him back into you know even reestablishing his identity and here is the elder son just caught up in his you know way of service blind mentality ignorance this this is a this is a poor relationship that we are seeing here you know this is a poor family in the fact that the older son did not even reach out no sense of where is my younger brother how is he doing there is no relationship here this is this is very like we don't really see the gravity of what this this means especially towards us as christians you know in the fact that this this whole thing here is a parable. And we have to go back to, you know, understand it's a parable and parables are supposed to, as Femi mentioned, teach us the mysteries of the kingdom. What this whole story is to teach us how the kingdom is supposed to be. But there is an error. There is an error. And the error is pointing to, as Brother Wally mentioned, the church in the fact that the church is always, you know, looking for success in other things. The church is always competing, competing. Brethren are always, you know, fighting for different things. There's so much mess, and this is not how the kingdom's supposed to be. I'll, I'll hand over to you, Sam. I know you want to
0: say something for me. You can just respond to what you're saying, and then I think you want to add something else as well.
1: I just wanted to respond to think it. What, what this parable more points us to is the correction we ought to make, and is the things that we have to look at and, and say, okay, the father did something, but did he do something right? The brothers, they're there together, but did they have a connection together? You know, um, the scripture talks about in Proverbs 22, and it says, train up a child in the way they should go, right? That when he grows up, he will not depart from it. What training has the father given? Not just to the one that left, but to the one that stayed. You know, as he just trained them about service. Likewise, the church talks about service. You must do, you must do but where have we brought about the relationship? You know, we go back to relationship again, which is the, the basis of what God wants from every one of us, a relationship, you know, because that relationship, as we have it with God, then we're able to have a wish. It says, love the Lord that go with all your heart, your soul and your mind. Likewise, the second of the greatest commandment talks about loving your neighbor then in, in like manner oh, and th- so,
2: that's something but what actually mentioned that how can you love the god you do not see um when you cannot love the number that you do see so
1: yeah yeah and so it, it really stands out for us to now take a step back that we have to be mindful of ourselves that the, as fathers what trainings do we give to our children what training do we give to the younger ones you know do we get them to see beyond just themselves because the, the one that stayed but the one that left only saw himself what he wanted and what he wanted to enjoy you know the one that stayed only saw what he had done the service he had given and everything he had done is all about me 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 and then he didn't consider his brethren his brother that that had left you know so those are the things that we need to be mindful of in terms of just um you know, be be mindful of others around us. And but Yes, I, I and- like
0: I like that point. And actually, I I think we might just pivot a little bit to talk about self interest. I think that's a big theme in this. And I I I want as a family, we we are all family here. Um, and as Christians, we are all part of a whole. And I love that that phrase that. Brother Wale mentioned discerning the body, right? That was that was that was just. May God bless him. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> self-interest. I, I think we need we need to give more of ourselves to each other. I think there's a lot of people who are happy to collect. You know, if, if I'm showing interest in you now, for instance, Femi, there's a lot of people in Christianity who are just happy to collect that interest, but they don't give back. You know, and I want us not to just touch a little bit on that self-interest. What did you get from either what Brother Wiley spoke about or from actually the story itself? Um, I, I just feel like we could do so much better in terms of, OK, look, we're in this together. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not mentioning the money. I It's not about the money I got. It's not about how long I've served. I'm I'm doing this for us. Let me hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll just jump in there. Love love is reciprocal. So literally, as as, as I give, you give sort of thing. That that's what we in quote called love. But the greatest love that has been given unto us was the gift of sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You know, we can't give so much so back, like in comparison to what has been given, in comparison to the the, the inheritance that has been made available. For us, we are called joint heirs with Jesus Christ. How can we be joint heirs with someone that that was crucified, that was nailed, that was beaten, that, that, you know, to so that to a stage of not only to a stage of death, but he died on the cross. You know, cursed is he that died the death of a cross. And that was what Jesus went through, you know, for our sakes. And he just shows me, he says he he didn't he didn't think of all of those things. Many a times we think of ourselves. But he didn't think of all of the suffering he was suffering. Why? Because he saw a greater benefit, okay, that a greater benefit of the many millions that will believe in him later on, that will be enjoying the benefits of it, of that sacrifice that was made. Likewise, every day we wake up, in our giving, or in our living, rather, we should desire to give a lot more, more of ourselves, not to to, to debt or to is like we 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 don't have food and we want to give the little we want to we have, yeah, we can share, you know, but being mindful of others, it, it goes a long way because if we do that, imagine it is like one each one win one. Each one win one. If I do that to my brother Ibube, if I do that to my brother Sam, my brother does the same thing to the next neighbor, he does the same thing. Imagine the ripple effect. He should, we should have a good and a better world. And if, if that is done, we, we need to have that understanding that God did not call us to be in bondage to this world, but rather to be our brother's keeper, to be our brother's lovers, to, to help one another, You know, to be mindful of one another. And that's the life we live. And the, the life that we live is the life of Christ. And as Christ came to give himself you know, as a sacrifice unto others, likewise we are to give others. be what do you think?
2: Thanks, Femi. Um, I've just been thinking, I'm just trying to focus on Sam's question here about self-interest, you know, and I think, as I said before, the whole story of the, the parable, uh, not just this one, but every parable is just to, you know, help us have a change of perspective. And perspective is a major theme on this Family Matters series, perspective. There is no other way we will tell people to be less self-interested unless they shift away from their mentality of self-interest. It's a very, you know, it's a complex thing to do, but it's a simple way to approach it. The best way to come out of this whole me, 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 me is to change your mindset. And as the son told us or is showing us is that It's either we learn the easy way or we learn the hard way. He learned the hard way, and the result is always the same. Solomon said that I have, you know, tasted the world. Solomon, I think, even tasted more than the prodigal son. He had all the wives, all the riches, everything, you know, that money could buy. He had everything, and he was still unsatisfied because he was pursuing his own self-interest. And what 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 happened in the end was that he was still disinterested. If it makes sense, like he, he, it just nothing fulfills the prodigal son you know even his own case is worse because he went to a state of you know depletion but solomon went into a state of increase you know this is the irony he went to a state of increase and still realized they still came to the same point that you know life that is you, that you need god that you need god that you need god thanks sam that there's i need there's my life without jesus p- there's no life without jesus thank you you know and i think In this case, not like it represents God, but he has said, I have to go back to my father who's able to sustain me, who's able. He has the wealth in his hand. He has all inheritance in his hand. And he had to come to that change of perspective. So I think the only way that the body can truly discern and, you know, can truly come out of that bondage, that sin, because, you know, if we we look at it deeply, one of the things which we can say, and I know we, we did this initially, Sam, on sin as a separator, self-interest is a separator therefore self-interest is sin individualism or me 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 is a form of disobedience and disobedience is sin and this is how the devil is so cunning because some people can even say you know what screw you i that's my character that's my zodiac sign <laughs> you know i am self- that's that's who i am but no we ought to change because if we're not careful the enemy will try and present it like good, but it is evil. It is sin and it is going to separate you from your father and it's going to lead you to a life of destruction and chaos.
0: Yeah, I agree. And you made a good point that I just want to add to. You mentioned about self-interest being a separator. Well, you could even take it even further. that anytime we start to separate ourselves from each other. As in, when we start to think only about ourselves, when we start to focus only on our own benefit, that is also a separator. You know, it's, it's just, and I say this because there was something Brother Wali said, and I actually wrote it. It says, we cannot be anything of who God will have us be if we are not together. We're in this body. We're closely, tightly knit together. We cannot be anything of who God will have us be. If we are not together so if you're trying to do it on your own actually you've just already created a separator but then the funny thing is as you said and we talked about this sin is a separator and sin is bad there are some things that are separators that are not necessarily bad but over interest in them can be so for instance money money acted as a separator in this story nothing wrong with it but it, it just it, what it was used for and what it kind of signified, it actually was a means of becoming separate, not wrong with money, but it actually acted as a means of becoming separate. So I, I think yeah. certainly that we, we need to we need to be careful just as as Christians and as, as people, just people God has created, that if we separate ourselves from each other, we are in fact separating ourselves from God. There's a difference where somebody doesn't want you, so be it. But if you say I'm not gonna relate with this person, that's actually an issue. And actually I I think I think Jesus actually prayed this a, a kind of prayer about that. You know, he goes something along the lines of I'm not praying that you be removed from this world. Right? He actually wants us to be in there relating. And I think this is very important. And this is why this thing, this 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 podcast, this series means so much to me is that we could do so much more relating with each other, but then also with those who are not Christians. So much more, so much better. There's no need for animosity, no need for hatred, no need for if you see somebody, if you if you sense that somebody's feeling something, whether in church in a different setting, say it. Pemi, you want to say something?
1: Yeah, I just I just love the 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 word you just said that when Jesus prayed for his disciple. You know, uh, I, I had to open it just to actually see what it says there. John 17, verse 20, John 17, verse 20 says, I do not pray for this alone. So talking about his disciples, but rather it says, but also for those who will believe in me through their words, right? Through their word, that they all may be as one as you, Father, I am me, I and i in you that they also may be one in us okay that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me you know so ultimately everything is being directed back to jesus as jesus he, he mentioned him i believe in it was a match he says a house divided against no, against, it, against itself, itself cannot stand, and stand which yes. means as christians There is no way we can achieve God's kingdom, God's kingdom here on earth. If we are divided against ourselves in the different sects, in the different, oh, I'm this, I'm Protestant, I'm Catholic, And this. What do we believe in Jesus Christ? The the link in, the missing link, rather, is Jesus Christ. He is the way. He says, I am the way. No one ever boasted and beat their chest to say, I am the way. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if we confess and we declare and we decree that we are sons of God, we are Christ followers. And the likes, we have to be like Jesus as well. We have to be one as he is with the Father. He says, as God is in him, so he is in God, which means we have to abide in him. How can we be in God except we abide in him, except we, we, we have fellowship with him? How do you have fellowship with someone? You spend time with, it, with, it, with the person, like a husband and a wife. They sit down, they have communication, they talk, they, they, they sit down and enjoy each other's company. That is what God has created us for as this family. So enjoy each other's company in words, in deeds, in action. But ultimately that we do it to the glory of God, to the glory of Jesus Christ. And um, yeah, I, I think that I'll just leave it there. Hey,
2: yeah, brilliant. Family just chopped a bomb there with that scripture. But I know it's the it Psalms, but the fact that you read it, you know, I, I give you I give you the credit for me. That was that was good. That they may be one in us, you know, as we are one. And, you know, that just brings us back to the whole family matters. Family, you know. The whole thing with the political sons it's a family thing and the family is dysfunctional, you know, and like this is the plan of the enemy. The plan of the enemy, number one, is to separate you from God, is to separate Ireland from God, is to break the church from God. And to be honest, it's <laughs> he can't execute that plan easily so he comes up with step like he comes up with different processes like different steps to take and i believe that one of the steps he takes is as you've mentioned guys is to you know separate us from each other to come up with no you're protestant or you're catholic or you're pentecostal or you you know just all these things all this you know denomination type of thing you know or you know things about doctrine so much things that could bring about dysfunction it could be even money you know, he introduces the separators, as Sam mentioned, money, fame. And Brother Wally, and funny enough, Brother Wally actually started off talking about this before the political Sun story. Actually, you know, the conversation with you guys started. He was like so passionate about him getting back to, you know, uniting Ireland and, you know, being with the youths together. Because thank God for the Holy Spirit revealing to him that the only way we can cover much ground in the land is if we are one. So the enemy realized it, but the brother Wally also realized it, <laughs> you know, they are not going to achieve purpose if they are together. So let me break them up. And I think this is something we need to realize at least one thing we can pick up on this podcast, wherever you are listening in that I need to be connected. Uh, yes, I might be a non-believer. I don't know what these guys are talking about, but at least I know now that I need to be connected. I should not separate myself. I should not separate myself from my brother. I should not separate myself from my younger brother or elder brother. You know, whatever line or whatever position you occupy within the body or within the nation, don't separate yourself. Be together. And yeah, what do you think, Sam?
0: I mean, I guess just a quick answer to that. So the quick response to that is, according to science, there's enough celestial bodies out there. Billions, right? If it was the intention, it would be one per celestial body i'll have my own you have your own Femi will have his own but actually the fact that we are all here you might disagree about who designed it we say it is god's design the fact of it is that suggests that we are supposed to be in relationship with each other we're, we're linked to each other and um, I, I actually want to say something and then i'll give femi the last word and, and we might uh bring it to a close. One of the things that I mentioned to Rawale is that, you know, you know, some of the people out there that in terms of advocating in terms of this Psalm 149 that we mentioned earlier, they may not necessarily be in the family of God, you know, in the Christian family, but they are in the creation family. But then also they are a potential part of the body. And I think we shouldn't only just discern the body, we need to discern the potential art of the body. And that's what John seventeen twenty is saying, in a way. Um, but also on behalf of those who will believe me through their word. And you know, it's it's one thing to advocate for Christians to relate well with each other, right? That's given. Grand. But also we need to relate with every human being. That's the proper family matters. Okay the Femi, yes.
1: um, I think that just um, put the hammer on the nail or the wh- whatever way they put that that speech. Um, the nail that, on the hammer. They, 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 no, I'm just they, joking. <laughs> can, can, can. <laughs> <laughs> you just it,
0: hit the nail on the head.
1: The nail on the head. Exactly. (laughs) Um I I think from, from what you just said there in terms of we need to relate with everyone. And you you talked earlier on about separators. We need to be able to separate that when someone or people in quote do a certain things, we need to be able to separate the people that God has created from the sin that they might be committing. Because a lot of the time we mix both of them together and say straight away we judge and we condemn from that by looking at them as you are a sinner as opposed to, you might be acting in a sinful manner in a sinful way. So I think it is good as we relate, as we look to relate within the body of Christ, we have that mindset. And being able to separate, okay, look, what you're going through is just uh, the flesh. And as long as you desire, there's a desire first that God has put in. in. It says eternity has been planted in the heart of man. So (laughs) every person, as much as they might want to deny it, (laughs) God has been planted in them one way or the other because we've been created in his image and in his likeness. For the prodigal son, or is there anyone amongst us or even listening to this podcast? Jesus? like the father in the likeness of the father is ready is always available when we look at that scripture in john 17 20 jesus wasn't only praying for the believers he's praying for those that will believe in him you know so he's praying for everybody so for you the prodigal son or you might feel prodigal right now the, the door is open literally the door is open like all you have to do, like Romans say, is to believe in your heart, the person of Jesus. Yeah. And confess with your mouth. You know, the, the the prodigal son, like Sam said earlier on, he came to himself and then he spoke to himself. There's no sinner too great for Jesus that Jesus cannot draw to himself. When we look at the cross, his arms are wide open. And that is what has been paid already on the cross. You'd All you have to do is embrace it. And he's ready to embrace you as well, just like the father. As the prodigal son comes back home, the father embraced. Look up to the cross. The cross is ready to embrace you. And for the unbelievers that might be listening to this, so I I address the prodigal. Also for the unbelievers that might be listening to this, just know this. God loves you. 316 of John says, for God so loved the world. Literally everybody, he loves you. That he gave his only begotten son, who is Jesus Christ, that whosoever believed in him would not perish, should not perish, but will have eternal life. Which means God wants to spend eternity that we talked about, that he has planned, that everyone is searching for. Solomon, the greatest and the richest man in the world, said, everything, after all, he says vanity upon vanity, all is vanity, but let us hear the conclusion of it all. Fear God and obey his commandment. Let us hear the conclusion after he has enjoyed everything. He has to complete. This is the conclusion of it. Okay. So uh, I encourage you, even as you listen to this podcast, God loves you. um, And I pray God will help us in the mighty name of Jesus. That's my last remark.
2: Amen. Amen. Pastor Femi on the line.
1: (laughs)
0: Thanks
2: so much, Femi. There
0: you go. you, you uh, You hit that nail on the head. (laughs) (laughs) nice <laughs> <laughs> Um. Okay. So thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Ebube. Uh, thank you, Femi. And uh, so what did you say, uh, Thank you, Sam. Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. <laughs> um. Thanks, I hope you have enjoyed uh, listening to this, everyone. It's been a pleasure to talk about this. So please uh, listen to it. Pray about what you hear share it with your friends on social media or whatever it is you use and remove the self-interest live in unity and let's see where god takes us all right so nice to be in touch with you and talk to you soon bye 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 everyone thank you very much see you. you have been listening to the that christian next door podcast for more information on the podcast our activities and to get in touch you can find us on www.thatchristiannextdoor.com or on our various social media platforms, including Instagram at thatchristiannextdoor or at puremilkandstrongmeat. Alternatively, you can always get in touch with us by email at thatchristiannextdoor at gmail.com. Jesus loves you dearly. Be blessed.